0: Welcome to the Karen Messina Podcast, where we talk about everything from survivors to success stories, from pain to purpose, and how to make your life the dream life you have always wanted. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Karen Messina Podcast. This is episode number 157. Now, as you all know, the last two episodes have been about reaching your goal and deciding what you want for your life, so this episode will be completely in line with our last two episodes. Today we're going to be talking about overcoming challenges in your life, whether it's about your past, present, or future, we all have had challenges along the way. As you all know, I'm a life coach who focuses on healing emotional wounds and that develop from our past experiences. So that's why I love to bring people on my podcast that can share their experiences and to let you know that, well, first of all, you're not alone and that many other people have experienced the same challenges, but most importantly, to feel inspired at the strength and courage it takes to move past an experience in your life that sometimes feels very bleak. So today, I have the honor of introducing my guest, Julie Lachlan hares co-owner of Breathe Capital Planning. When I asked the question on my social media platforms, would you like to be on my podcast? Julie immediately raised her hand. So hello, Julie, and thank you for offering to come on my podcast. So I'm going to let you tell us all about you.
1: Thanks, Karen, I'm so excited to be here. And I was so excited when you did offer, put the offer out to be on your podcast, specifically about overcoming challenging circumstances. Um, I am a single mom, number one, um, to an amazing young son um, who's in high school and is the love of my life. I'm a business owner here locally in Rochester, New York, and I have um, clients all over the country at this point. I am a co-owner of that with my business partner, Noah Fairnbach. and I was, um, you know, why why I raised my hand, Karen, is because I did go through some really challenging times. I actually was in a 12-year marriage that didn't work out for me, and there were some really challenging steps along the way, and some things that I really learned about myself that I felt that I could use these lessons to bless others. So there was a lot of things that I went, went through and a lot of people looking at my life from the outside looked at it like it, it was the ideal, right? It looked like we had it <clears throat> had it all and in, and in some ways we did. We were very successful. We had um, two brand new cars, a house that we had built from the ground up, and a, a really great life with our families both on both sides. Like We're very blessed for the parents and the extended families that we have we went through a challenging, challenging time to conceive our son, but we're lucky enough to have him. Um, And we had, we were taking five to six vacations a year. And again, looks can be deceiving because from the outside, it looked really idyllic. Inside of that relationship, it was incredibly challenging. Um, It was probably some of the hardest years of my life that I've had on this earth plane. Um, And I really ended up having to dig deep to become the person that you see today.
0: That's really great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, And I know a little bit about your past and, you know, it just seemed to me like you use what happened to you to, to really have what you want. So we've all had a past and most of us have suffered some kind of emotional trauma. And I always say this because people don't realize that your trauma could be big or little, but it feels the same it doesn't matter if it was a big trauma a little trauma um, but feel free to tell us as much or as little as you would like about your past um, just a, I mean I know you've talked a little bit about it but um, your past relationship and how it affected you emotionally
1: yeah for sure <clears throat> I was um in a relationship to someone who's really successful and um, has a lot of really amazing qualities. Unfortunately, as the success started to continue to grow on his side, there became a point in our relationship where it really broke down. Um, I stopped being valued and my opinion stopped being heard. And because I think, Karen, I was so distracted between raising my young son and running a massive career at the time, you get distracted. And you start to not realize that you're not being counted in the relationship. And that's basically what was happening to me. My voice didn't matter. Um, We were, financially, we were completely entangled with a lot of very complex financial arrangements, whether that be property, other businesses. There was a lot of entanglements between the two of us. Um, That was challenging. That was a little bit overwhelming for me because I was involved in things that I didn't have knowledge of. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example, and this is this is an example of uh, it. And I don't think to be generous to him, I don't think that there was this was done with malice. But when you don't include your partner, but your partner is on the line for financial arrangements, that's financial abuse. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, if your partner comes home and it says, "Oh, we just bought a property, and your name's on it, and there's a tax bill that's going to come to both of you." without your knowledge and without your consent that's not okay you know right. that's not okay learning some of those things karen and 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 basically knowing some of these things that i went through has helped me help other women today honestly yeah or or men you know that are in relationships that just just aren't mutually beneficial on so many levels right um i was in a situation in which i was traveling a lot um, for my the work that I did. I was a business consultant. And if you know anything about that, that's a 1099 environment. You don't get a nifty little paycheck for, for showing up when you don't get time off. And I had a very challenging pregnancy. And I was out for um, longer than I anticipated because I ended up needing a C-section and it mm-hmm. was pretty dramatic. And my son was a pretty big kid. And I actually couldn't even pick him up when we first got home. So I needed a lot of support and a lot of help. My family really stepped up and I was really, really blessed on both sides. Um, However, for whatever reason, my ex-husband really had me believing that we would be in financial peril if I didn't get right back out there. So unfortunately, I put my own health at risk in about three and a half weeks, maybe four weeks, I went to a client event because I was convinced that we really needed the income to sustain our lifestyle. Right. And, um, I put my I put my own physical health in, in jeopardy. I'll be honest with you. I I almost passed out. I had to leave this event yeah. because a C section is not an easy surgery for people that have had it. I know they can relate. Like it just didn't work out for me. I need. I was not ready to be on my yeah. feet for eight to ten hours. Oh, for sure. You know, helping my clients sell through our product. I just wasn't in the right shape for that. Right. Um. And I started to take a really hard look at my marriage at that point, Karen, mm-hmm. because I'm like. Your significant other, your husband, is supposed to be the man that protects you. Yeah, I didn't feel valued. I didn't hear, feel heard, and I certainly, in that moment, didn't feel protected.
0: Right, that's terrible, yeah. and it's so sad. And it, it just like you know, we have all these dreams and things that we expect and want for our relationships, and it starts off. It always starts off so great. And mm-hmm. I, I was we were watching a movie last night about, um, you know, this relationship where it was all. Love And the woman was like, pouring her heart out to this guy. But he wasn't telling her anything about him. And I yep. said to my husband, see, this is how it starts out. Women pour their hearts out. And, and these men, if they're, if they're going to be abusive in any way, will use what you've told them to their advantage, you know, yes. to tear you down. So, okay, I'm going to ask. In your past relationship, regarding that, the age-old question is, why didn't you just leave, which is... Yeah. You know, everybody says that. Can you tell us what what came up for yeah. you when thinking about leaving and the the relationship and starting over? Like, what was stopping you from doing that? And I, I always hated it when people were like, oh, why didn't you just leave?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the big thing is, is um, I am strategic and I don't make um, quick moves. And I know that I did not have a strong financial foundation under myself, and because of um, the way that he was spending, oh. I kind of even see that um, in order to keep the wheels on the bus of the life mm-hmm. that we had built together, it required quite a bit of income, to be right. honest with you. So I was in charge of all of our household finances, so I knew exactly how much we owed, what was being paid, what was going out the door he was taking care of what I would call discretionary things like vacations and dining out and things of that sort. Right. (laughs) So in my mind, I'm like very overwhelmed financially, you know, I'm like, um, uh, 95% of my money during this time was going towards just getting by and you're talking to someone that was well into six figures. Wow. Um, at the time I was putting no dollars towards my retirement. And, you know, I was making huge bonuses and they would be gone before I could even get the money in because of the lifestyle that, you know, he had wanted to cultivate. Really wasn't driven on on what I wanted to do. All of these things became, um, unfortunately, very ego driven for him. And these were things that he wanted to do and he felt like we should be doing. Um, I'm much more if anybody that knows me knows I'm pretty much a homebody and I'm pretty simple um, I like nice things but I also like to make sure that I have a lot of security under me right uh, so we got to a place where I started to it, I just started to kind of deteriorate I had been with a manufacturer's rep for a couple days Karen and unbeknownst to me and to her she had the swine flu oh. this is back in like 2000 <laughs> 2008 I think it was 2009 I'm not really sure And it was also Fourth of July weekend. So, of course, he had an elaborate plan for us to go away with our son. And, you know, I had to convince the doctor not to put me in the hospital. And then I had to have one of my friends come get me to drive me home from the doctor's. I had a temperature of 105. Wow. And I was in the bed when he got home. And I told him to stop in the kitchen, don't even come towards the bedroom, that I was very sick and that. I had Tamiflu for him and the baby and like anybody that had been to our house had to take Tamiflu. And I was on quarantine and he looked at me and he goes, oh, you're sick again. You're going to ruin our holiday weekend.
0: Oh, I had the swine flu. Oh, my gosh. So inconsiderate.
1: <laughs> I just to my point of not being seen and heard. Right. It kind of was the last straw for me, Karen. I'll be honest. Yeah. So at that point, I put together a plan. Okay my plan included you know it's we come from very traditional families on both sides Mm -hmm. no one's been divorced they don't really believe in divorce um you work it out with your spouse you you muddle through you do what you need to do but you don't get divorced right right so that wasn't going to be well received um from either sides of our families and I know that the concern for that was our child like them being very concerned about their grandson and I get it right yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I um I was losing me yeah you know and and Karen you know what I, I realized as a woman and as a mom boys need to see their moms be happy
0: yeah for sure and
1: boys need to see you being strong
0: right that and is so super I, de- important. I
1: decided that it would be worse for me to stay than it would be for me to go and once i kind of got clear with that i devised a plan so i sat down and i was very clear with him about where i thought we were in in the relationship and where i was and i told him that he had 60 days to make some critical changes there was three things i needed him to do it's kind of private between me and i so i'm not going to get into that All right um and i said if you this isn't done by november you know 15th i'm leaving I don't think he thought I was serious. And the day after Thanksgiving, I left.
0: Wow, that's yeah. so great. Now, I mean, so you're in a whole different demographic than a lot of women um, that I coach. But, you Not know- the really,
1: sec- because you have to realize once you start fighting, even, <laughs> well, yeah. even on a large scale, yeah, all of my assets were frozen.
0: Yeah, I, well, I know, and that's what I mean. So that's what I love about this, that you, everything that you did is what I want women and people listening to this today to hear. So, yes, there's so much fear involved and you're very strong and I love this about you that you, you know, you saw things weren't going well. I'm sure there was that period where like the rest of us at you had your dream of what your life was going to be like, and then it starts to deteriorate, and when you start to lose yourself, you feel crushed. And then we start blaming ourselves for some things, you know. And then, But it feels like you came out on the other side of that, like, oh, hell no. Um, And, you know, when you have a lot of money back and forth and there's a lot to lose, some women didn't have any knowledge of their money. And the financial abuse there is... Maybe they worked and they gave their whole paycheck like I did to my abuser. And then I never saw it. And I was given like 20 bucks a week to live on. It was ridiculous. So then it's a different situation. But you're seeing the money. You seem very financially capable. And that helped you devise a plan, which is really what is super important. Like devising a plan is the first step. And without that, you're going to stay stuck in, in the space that you're in. And never be able to see past it because, you know, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How is this going to work? And if you didn't have money to begin with, it it feels hopeless and helpless. So that's why I'm glad you're um, talking today. So what inspired, and I'm sure we're all going to know the answer to this, but what inspired you to start your own business? Yeah.
1: So <laughs> so good. going through a financial entanglement, like the one I was coming out of, um, you know, there was a business involved on his side and, um, it was very, very complicated. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I just, uh, knew that it was going to be very hard for us to settle amicably when it came to finances. Um, so instead of, I went against the advice of my lawyer. Wow. Um, I, I would not recommend doing this. I really wouldn't because mm-hmm. it's been incredibly hard, but I will tell you, it has made me who I am today. Um, I forego child support and alimony because I really didn't want to get into the disclosures that would be required mm-hmm. on both sides of our finances. You know, right. I was going to have to ask, have him disclose a lot of information and I was going to have to disclose some information. And I just decided, um, for me, I would rather not do that. Right. Um, there's a lot of reasons why, and I'd rather not get in touch on that, but I just decided, um, For me, that made sense. Now, my lawyer did not like that at all. And I'll tell you, I was not as financially savvy then as I am today. I have learned a lot having gotten into the financial services business and really being a student of it. I now know that there was some really critical mistakes I made. Hmm. One of which, Karen, is taking your final settlement in a qualified account. What I mean by that is like, say you guys end up Um, you know, you split the equity of the house and, you know, you split your retirement accounts, right? Right. Instead of having some of that in cash, which technically I should have and could have asked for, I had everything in a qualified account, in a quadro, um, which is a qualified domestic order. Right. And basically what that does is it splits your retirement assets. Mm
0: -hmm. The
1: issue with that is retirement assets are, assets are designed to be a one-to-one. So it's from the employer to the person. So when you have a divorce, it has to go through a legal process in order to split that account between yourself and your spouse. Right. That that money that's been in there has gotten a, ta- a special tax treatment. You've gotten to take a tax deduction every year that you put in there, right? Right. The problem with it is when if you need to access that money, you are going to be taxed and you're also going to pay a penalty if you're not 59 and a half. Right. Right. So, really, my lesson and my message to everyone you do need some level of cash as you exit, you know, to restart your life. Because right. here's what happened to me in order to buy my now home that I'm in, I had to take a huge hit. Mm. Now, there have been changes to some of the laws since I got divorced. Right. The Secure Act was passed. So, I'm not gonna get into the details of that, but you can certainly like refer to that and the IRS tax code does change. And I would say refer to the IRS website. Right. And I'm not a CPA, so I can't give you CPA advice. Yeah. I can just simply share with you what I experienced. Right. You know, and that's one of the things that I experienced. And it was really, really hard. Yeah. And but you know, I bet that I gave
0: not, you strength not, to say, gave I, a lot of
1: strength I, I don't I want to like, do this again. Right. Or I want like, to help other people. Yeah. You know, I learned how hard it was. It took me three years to get divorced. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was not an easy thing. He didn't want to get divorced, he made it difficult. I lost a lot of things that I did care about, you know, one of which was the timeshare that we had that. I ended up, it ended up being a bone of contention between us and I ended up signing off on it. Yeah. I was willing to do whatever it took to establish my own household. Right. Um, there were times where I went through, you know, I've never really spoken on this, Karen, but I went through some really lean times financially. Yeah. You know, Yeah. where I didn't have a lot of discretionary money. Right. <laughs> What I didn't realize, and, and as astute as I am, because I'm pretty sharp when it comes to money and numbers, even me in my head, you know, I'm I was, you know, I'm out here, I was looking for like, I don't know, I knew I didn't want the big house, right? I knew I I knew I couldn't handle that because I traveled a lot at the time. But I was looking at townhouses in my hometown of Victor that were like two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars, not realizing that in fact my household income had just dropped to have 50 percent right
0: yeah
1: you don't realize these things you know I was living I was used to living at a high lifestyle and I you have to realize you're at a different lifestyle yeah because specifically in my instance there was no child support or alimony right so it's just what I made I know what can you really afford yeah and I had a hard reality check Karen yeah
0: I would imagine. Well, that's what scares people. Like they just, that's what stops people from leaving abusive relationships is they, they, on a very surface level, they think about, I won't be able to afford to live if I leave, so I'm going to stay. But that's what I love about everything that you did. So you, so this business you have now was, you didn't have it when you were married. No, I didn't. I was
1: a business consultant though. So a lot of like these. Financial maneuverings and understanding money from a business perspective I was doing with business owners. So at one point in my career, I was working on owners um, in the service fields, their profitability. So I really understood like numbers, like, yeah. Okay. In order for me to make money, I have to charge X per hour and I have to do this. So then I started like learning these things and applying it to my own life. And I said, okay, in order for me to make it, I now know that my mortgage can't be more than eleven hundred dollars a month. Right. I know now I know now that I need to live within four to five hundred dollars a month in food expense. Right. Once you put a pen to paper, yeah, you're powerful. Oh
0: you're my powerful. Gosh. Oh.
1: Women don't realize, people don't realize that are going through divorce. The power is actually yours. Yes. You just have to harness it. Yes. Are you sitting down with a piece of paper? It it can be very simple. I want you to look at your paycheck. What is your net? What comes in? Then go from there. Your budget. Yeah. If you spend everything on your debit, credit card, or whatever, take those bills out. What's my monthly spend? You have the power to create this for yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, a lot of times, people need to work with someone like myself or my partner. Yeah. Because we can help you. We can coach you. Yeah. If this is something that is you're reinventing this like you didn't do this before or you never have you never known how to do it yeah this is why we started the business
0: yeah that's so great we
1: realized we were asking all the wrong questions we were asking like what do you want to achieve it isn't about what you want to achieve karen it's about how you want to live
0: yeah for sure yeah and and the things that make you happy and the things that maybe that I had before that no longer serve me. And so when we, and it's so exciting, I feel like to reinvent your life, especially when you're coming out of a bad relationship and you're starting over, yeah, it's super scary, but at the same time, so it's so funny because you, I tell women the same thing about writing things down and like journaling, just getting all this stuff out of your head and onto a piece of paper. And it does make it so much more real. All of a sudden you're staring at it and you're looking at it. So writing down your finances and your budget and your money in, your money out, you know. Like I always say, you want to be in control of your incomes and your outcomes. And so, what is my outcome going to be? You know, I don't know. Let me write it all down. And what is your income? And not only your financial income, but what you're allowing in your life also goes hand in hand with that. Because the fact that you said you your attorney didn't like what you know you whatever, but I feel like many women need to understand you are in control of you and like you can speak up. And when I was an advocate in the court system, I learned a lot there too, because women don't speak up when they're in the courtroom, because uh, obviously your attorney will tell you, don't say anything. I will do all the talking and they don't want them to say anything. It could ruin their case, but their whole, the whole time they're sitting there thinking in their head, Oh no, no, he didn't say this. And I want to say that. And I found out from the judge that you can raise your hand as the person. And And he can say, did you have something you want to say? And either she can go ahead and say it or she can tell her attorney, this is what I want you to say right now. Like, take your power and control back. I can't even stress that enough because that's what all my coaching is about. Taking your power and control back and finding people like you to help guide the process. You know, it just becomes overwhelming if you don't you know, have that. So how did it make you feel to be in control of your outcomes once you got to that place?
1: It was like a huge weight was off of my shoulders, and I was a different person. I went through times, so though, Karen, that I was really scared. I'm not even going to lie to you. And if you know if you know me at all, you knew you would know I do not ask for help.
0: Yeah, a lot of women do not,
1: <laughs> not ask for financial help from anybody. Right. Um, I will do whatever it takes, and I did. I did first. I did for a time. There was a time in my life post-divorce that I worked two jobs. Yeah,
0: I had three jobs not, at yeah. one point. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: not afraid to say it. Yeah, I am not ashamed of that because I stepped to the plate with my, myself and my child. Yeah, and I knew it wasn't just about me. I knew I had the responsibility of feeding and clothing and taking care of that my little guy. The 50%, you know, our custody was 50-50. I have nothing bad to say about uh, him as a dad. He's an amazing dad. I would never discount or take that away from him. Right. We, You know, he's gone back and forth between our two homes. Um, He said to me just a few years ago, I have a really good life. I'm like, (laughs) you really do. That's nice. Um, We joke, we joke, uh, he and I joke today about... Uh, how expensive it is just to hang out with him, my little buddy. But <laughs> hey, it is what it is. You know he yeah. does, he has a certain standard for himself too. You know, by seeing your parents dig and do the work, it inspires your children. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize until you know just recently the impact that that has had yeah. on, on our child. And I'm proud of um, I'm proud of where the three of us are now today. Like
0: like and I think people well, don't think that that could ever happen, and when it can happen and a lot of women um feel like they need to do you know be angry and keep their kids away from i mean obviously yeah. if it's an abuse situation that's different right. but but when it, but when children see their mother scared and struggling and they're they don't have a sense of security anywhere because their dad is whatever, you know, not as nurturing, whatever. And then they come home to you and you're, because uh, I've had women where they they go from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend just because they can't financially make it. So they need to rely on somebody else's money for them to live. But in the meanwhile, their child is terrified. Like, who's this guy? How long are we going to be here? Uh, you know, oh, didn't work out. We're packing up oh, all my friends. Now I have to go live somewhere else. Like that terrifies the kid, the stability alone is so important for your child and financial stability so for me I always was the breadwinner right so no matter what happened in our life my kids knew mom is taking care of us she's always on time picking us yep. up she pays all the bills we don't have any problems we haven't moved you know we moved from an apartment to a house but once we got there it was like this is where we live and then mm-hmm. they see their father kind of coming and going and doing this and doing that and whatever but it's that stability and, when you have financial stability, even if you're in a tiny house, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening, even Mm -hmm. if you're in a tiny house and it's filled with love and stability, that is going to go a long way with your children because they're gonna see how strong you are as a parent and that you took care of them, right? And so they didn't have to be afraid. And fear gets instilled very quickly, so
1: my son never saw the struggle honestly like he thought everything was fine yeah and and I think that that like just sometimes you just have to step to the plate yeah. and be the adult yeah and it's not for children to know about some of these things yeah um he talks to me about he has questions now but he's almost an adult himself you yeah know? so you know I answer them very authentically and very real 'Cause yeah. I think it's important for him to have a good understanding of like where we came from. Yeah. You know, this we he, he you know, he and I together kind of rebuilt this part of my entire life. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of the adult work, but you know, he is my little core family. It's me, it's me and him. I have a significant other, but um for the majority of our life it's been he and I. Yeah. You know, I have the support of my extended family. They're amazing. I can't say enough yeah. about them. They are you know amazing people i'm very very blessed with yeah. the family that i have you know what on both sides
0: right that's because really my important
1: my relationship with his family is 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 still amazing today and i think the world of all of them um so i think that's important but to answer your question i felt so free and you know what it took me some time karen to realize that i actually should be in this business. it kind of all came together at a pivotal point. I was getting on a plane to go to Texas and it was my son's seventh birthday. And he's my only child. And like, I make such a big deal about birthdays because Mm -hmm. I had a team of 10 doctors tell me I would never have children. So the fact that he is here today is, I feel like a gift from God. So my parents know how I feel about that. And my dad said to me, as I was getting out of the car to get on the plane, I'm crying. My son's crying. My dad's trying not to cry. And he's like, you know what, honey, I, I know you're doing really, really well. Your mom and I are so proud of you for how independent you are, how successful you are. Um, but like this he's like, it might be time for a change or to like re-engineer, re-pivot, rethink your life. Right. As yeah. you go forward as a single mom. And my dad's words rang in my ear to text, texas like the whole way and my dad wasn't coming from a place of judgment he was coming from a place of love because he had been the guy that had to get on the plane all the time yeah you know he was an executive here locally he had to travel a lot to to know provide for his family so he got where i was at um and i just was like you know what he's right he's right yeah and i got lucky enough to be going to the grocery store that weekend and ran into my childhood best friend and she and I just reconnected and we started talking about things and, you know, she she kind of inspired me and pushed me and said, you know what, you're really good at like, you know, everyone comes to you for advice. Think about it, like our whole life. Like, yeah. you know, if people were going to like buy a house or buy a car or do something with their 401k, Julie, everyone calls you. So like, you've been doing this work yeah. because I started telling her, you know, I, I actually thought about Um, I have a pre-law degree. I thought about going to law school, but I was like, who's going to pay my bills while I'm in law school? Nobody. (laughs) So what can I do? What type of business can I get in to leverage my skills that I've developed over, you know, 20 years in business to help other people? And the financial area was a place that I really excelled in. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And that was about four and a half years ago. And I was lucky enough to come across my now partner at another broker dealer. Uh huh. We got working together, and he and I both have reestablished ourselves after divorce.
0: Wow, that's so great. So it's something
1: that's really near and dear to us, Karen. It's something that we feel passionate about about helping other people in this in this time frame that you're in.
0: Yeah. Um
1: There can be like there can be a lot of stuff that gets in the way. I know you know this because you're a coach in this area. Um, but we address the pink elephant in the room. We don't just pretend that it doesn't exist because a lot of it is self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of yeah. us achieving our goals.
0: For sure. Yep. Um, so this is so good. i I just loving all of this. And you're such an inspiration. And I probably could talk to you for hours. But what advice do you have for anyone listening that might be in the same space you are right now and um, where where when you felt so helpless and hopeless, like, and a lot of women are probably saying, oh, well, we, I don't have any money and my situation is completely different. And everybody thinks that their position is completely different and, you know, it's not the same and they can't do it. So what advice would you give?
1: I think to get clear, Karen, Mm -hmm. like get clear with yourself about where you are in this situation mm-hmm. and how you really feel inside of yourself. And I feel like the path of that clarity for me it was anyways journaling. yeah so to get yourself in notebook and start getting your feelings out like what's going on for you? How are you feeling? Are you feeling good about this relationship? Are you feeling bad? Is it giving you value? Um, have you done have you done everything that you think you could do to make this work? and it just isn't working. That Because that was my situation, it just wasn't working. It wasn't, you know, it just wasn't working. Um, And do you feel like you're losing yourself? Like, be honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, Because at the end of the day, if you have children, your kids need you. So it it becomes less and less about you and more and more about what type of life do you want them to have?
0: Yeah. And getting really
1: real about it. and. You know, once you start to uncover these feelings, uncover this, like really, you know, I think it takes some time to process all of it, Um, getting that out, start to write out a plan for yourself. What would it take?
0: Yeah, for sure. What would it
1: look like? Like, I actually, this is going to sound silly, but I actually created a vision board for myself of when I got on the other side of this, what would my life look like? couple of things I knew I didn't want the huge house I didn't want tons of land because you know what I was really overwhelmed with that idea yeah I I knew I couldn't take care of it and be a good mom and be a business person right I can't do that right so by knowing that about myself I found a townhouse that I have wonderful HOA guys that do all my yard work nice I love them to death right yeah I found, I found a comfortable spot for myself where I felt secure. It's a very secure location that was important to me. Security was important to me. You know, I what does it look like? What does it seem like? What does it taste like? I want you to start like journaling, creating the vision for yourself. Yes. Once you have the vision, then you can build the plan. Right. Going to resources like people like yourself, people like me. There are people out here that want to help you.
0: Yes. Well, okay. So tell everybody... Um, how they can find you, how they sure. can reach you, and you know yeah. just a little bit about, you know what's what they should do, like where they should start. Just like okay. can they yeah. get, reach out to you? Um, your website maybe, your email, yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah. So our website, we just um, we kind of re-engineered uh, some of our marketing. So our website's just about to launch. So oh, nice. Um, it, it, there is a landing page for it now. So even if you just wanted to meet with us, there's a Calendly link on our website, which is. Um, Breathe, Mm B-R-E-A-T-H-E, capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L, planning.com. I Um, I can certainly, you know, our direct number is area code 585-703-0245. I take care of all the scheduling for the company. Mm -hmm. So I do all the appointment setting. I do a lot of the intake. I do a lot of the introductory work. Um, it's usually me that you talk to first.
0: Oh, that's nice. And
1: then we have a team. It's myself and Noah. And then we have an assistant and we have a senior partner mm-hmm. that in some complicated cases we will pivot in to work with us on. Um, we have an entire back office. We have an entire company behind us. That's great. It that does a lot of the back office and compliance for us. So we we have discretion. We have access to all of that, right? Yeah. Um, I have a network of trusted incredible professionals around me that I have vetted and used personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Attorneys, CPAs, estate planners, counselors, mortgage lenders, you name it. That's I have access to an incredible team of other professionals that are just amazing to work with. Real estate agents, real right. estate investors, real that's, estate brokers, like
0: that's everything great. you
1: need to restart your life. Yeah. I've Personally, work with these people. I know the caliber
0: of their work. Wow, that's so, great! Well, yeah. everybody, you heard it here. Julie is, <clears throat> excuse me, completely a one-stop shop. It sounds like, but I will put all this information in the podcast notes when I post it. But it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you, and you are such an inspiration. And Thank I hope you. everybody was listening today was completely inspired by your strength and your your resilience and your power and planning and moving forward with your life. And everybody, it could happen for you. You could Mm -hmm. start a business. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It could just be you being in control of your incomes and your Mm -hmm. outcomes and everything that you want for your life. So please feel free to reach out to either of us um, if you want to get more information. So thank you, Julie, so much for joining us. Thank you.
1: And it was uh, my pleasure. It was uh, my pleasure. And, and you inspire me oh, with the work that you're doing with other people. So thank you so much. Oh,
0: well, you are welcome. And thank you. So um, we'll talk to you all next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello. If you are interested in moving from a survivor to a thriver in your life and or your business, I have a 6 month coaching solution just for you. This is how it works. We meet one-on-one once a week on a coaching call from the comfort of your own home or office. I meet you where you are at right now in your journey so that we can move forward from here. We will identify where you are stuck and put a plan in place and a path to follow to your success. If that sounds good to you, just hop over to my website, at karenmessina.com and sign up for your confidential consultation. What do you have to lose? Can't wait to meet you.